Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. I'm Carrie Corgan, and this is The Opus, an exploration of legendary records and their ongoing legacy. In our latest season, I'm joined by Lizzie Hale, Warren Zanes, Daphne A. Brooks, and many more to revisit Jeff Buckley's Grace. We discuss Buckley's femininity in an era of hyper-masculine alt-rock, how the record's mythology was shaped by his tragic death, and the delicate work of keeping his legacy alive. Find us at Consequence of Sound or wherever you listen to podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're already a subscriber to the series, hey, hey thanks for doing that. Uh, I know we put out uh, multiple interviews every single week. It's the easiest way to keep up to date. Of course, when you get that notification, uh, go ahead and uh, find the comments box, where, wherever you're getting that from, and, and give us a hello. Tell me where you're listening from. It's always interesting to hear where everybody out there is uh, from. But if you're not a subscriber, obviously now is the time to do that as you get into this, which you can do at any of your favorite little spots, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. And if it's the first time we've met, I'm Kyle Meredith. The series is called Kyle Meredith With, and that With today is with the Goo Goo Dolls. Johnny and Robbie, they are back with a brand new record called Miracle Pill. And we're going to hear what makes this album's heartbeat. Two big themes, hope and connection. You're hearing about that a lot from a lot of artists right now, and there's a good reason for that. There'll be some discussion on the age of anxiety, the inundation from social media, and, and, and just really everything commercial, and how that works its way into some anthemic songs on this record, uh, Indestructible, Fearless, Lost, and the first two singles, Miracle Pill and Money, Fame, and Fortune. I would say there's a loose thread running through the album, but it's a pretty strong thread. It's also a very modern-sounding record, and for a band that's over 30 years in, that's no small feat, and we'll be talking about uh, how they got to that point as well. And while we don't specifically talk about uh, the uh, album that they released 30 years ago this year called Jed, we do get some stories around the time of what it was like to be in a band in 1989, in the Google dolls specifically in 1989 and the work they had to put into that versus how you promote a band in 2019 it's obviously a very different way we'll hear some of those stories and we'll even touch on just a little bit uh, a recent cover uh you can find it on youtube snail mail and Soccer Mommy covering, uh, I guess, Goo Goo Dolls' biggest song, uh, Iris, and the way that their songs speak to multiple generations. Talking about this record, Miracle Pill, it's Kyle Meredith with the Goo Goo Dolls. Hi, how are you? I'll mention first off, going to have you all back in Louisville November 12th at the Palace, and uh, and pretty excited about that too, and especially behind this new record, Miracle Pill. Congrats on this record, guys. Thanks. It feels like it's our 94th album. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing them for a little while, that, that's for certain. Uh, um, 
Although, as, as I read about this one, it sounds like there was some extra momentum going into this because, what, you you went straight off the road. Like, there was not a lot of downtime uh, and, and went into writing this record. If that's true, what's the advantages to that? And, and maybe why did it happen this way? I think it happened because we were doing the Dizzy Up the Girl tour, like a 20th anniversary tour, and uh, we played the album in its entirety. And I kept, every night when we were doing it, I kept thinking about, oh, I remember when we did that. I remember I remember how we did this. I remember what happened that day that we were cutting drums on that, whatever. And uh, I don't know why, but the, I, just kept, I just kept thinking about the process of doing it. And then uh, for some reason, at the end, it felt like a door had closed on a certain era and, and it was time to open a new one. So I wanted to do that as quickly as possible, at least in my own mind. I mean... I'm always going to play songs off Dizzy Up the Girl, but but you know it it felt like there was a certain kind of closure to it, and it was time to you know create something new. But with, still with those thumbprints, uh, Robbie, I think I'd read you talking about having recorded some of this record at you know Capitol that uh, you know where you've been in before that it was hard not to have a little bit of that past you know kind of seep in. Yeah, yeah, you know, we spent a lot of time in that building, man, and uh, you know there was I, I mean uh, to me at least there was something about kind of being in there again that i don't know there was like a familiarity in the process but, but the process is so new like you know the even, even the, the process of recording is so much different now than it was you know 15 20 years ago when we were holed up in yeah. there so you know i mean it was a great feeling you know a great familiar feeling but at the same time everything felt so new and and uh, uh exciting yeah. i think what a much different sort of place in the studio too when it comes down to the production of the album because you know we've gotten more heavily involved in that you know like actually working on the sonics of the album i have a very strong opinion and a, a big rack of old vintage recording gear so it's like so we you know very much so in the in the actual physical process of making the album uh there was a lot more hands-on stuff going on and a lot more experimentation you can hear that i mean it's um it's a very modern production, and, and and I point that out because, you know, for a band that's been around over 30 years, not everyone's able to kind of adapt in, in that sort of way. Uh, I don't know if that kind of brings its own challenge in in itself because it, it does. I mean, you can hear the Goo Goo Dolls in this, and, and you know, if you listen, you, you can hear what you need to hear from whatever era that you need to hear, uh, you know, as a longtime fan or everything, but it still sounds like a record that could have been you know, from any brand new band produced right now. I mean, to me, it sort of feels like, you know, we never stopped making records, you know? So it wasn't like we had to, like, figure out at one point, how do we bridge this gap between, you know, name and, you know, what records sound like today, you know? Like, we just sort of moved along uh, yeah. with it. Yeah, so, you know, it didn't, it, it didn't feel like any seismic shift or anything like that. You think, John? I think the people that I chose to collaborate with are very different than than people that i that i like like you know you get get into a room with somebody and i start i'll start playing an idea on the guitar you know usual thing humming a melody bah, 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 bah. and then they and then they listen to it and they go hey what about doing this there and feeling like bam i just got blindsided with something that i that i'd never in a million years would have thought of to do myself so, so like the collaboration at its best is when when you are surprised by something that you hear. And you know, Sam Hollander is very Sam Hollander's been been around for uh, as long as as long as we have, I think, in 
different ways. But uh, he was just somebody that I always wanted to get together with, and, and somebody who I who I I absolutely love the guy now. I mean, we we had, we had a great time working together. But um, you know, the, the the point of the collaboration is like I sat in a room by myself for 20 years writing songs by myself, and I'm. Uh, and then I just sort of was like, well, I need some fresh blood to work with, you know? Yeah. So, so it was a lot of fun getting together with him and, you know, a couple of the guys that I've known for years and working in that way. I start to listen to the songs. The record starts off with Indestructible, uh, and I'll, I'll tie in a couple of the other ones, uh, songs like Fearless and Lost. And I don't know, at least my perception, I started looking back, and you've always had a penchant uh, for, I don't know what you call it, the anthem, uh, I guess. I'll take that. No, I just like a big hook, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, when we were, when we were out doing tours in vans and, and, and the music I was listening to at the time, a lot of Husker Du, and I remember listening to an an interview with Bob Mould and on, on like some indie college radio station. And I remember him saying, "You gotta have a hook. You gotta have a hook." And I'm a sucker for melody and and big hooks. I'm like, I love that. Ever since I was a kid, and I remember going when Robbie and I were kids and we first got together. I remember saying, "Hey, check out my new hit." check out my new hit song and just like playing some ridiculous thing but um yeah i mean i just love a big hook that's the most important thing even if i hear one on the radio in a lot of different kinds of music you know it's just like wow there's certain things that stand out in every genre of music you know and that those are the songs and the, the artists i tend to gravitate toward well you know i'll take that idea too because you know uh, aside from the big hook, you know, when you're when you're reaching out, and and a lot of these songs, it seems to be about trying to help someone in, in some way, you know, uh, whether it be advice or or whatnot. And and as I, I I get, and maybe you said this too, like one of the overall themes or a couple of the overall themes is hope and connection, which. Uh, again, when we're in 2019, that feels right. <laughs> that feels needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. Does. I mean I, Obviously, our own lives and and the world outside always sort of seep in, but we've always been a little bit cryptic about certain things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, to be honest with you, I feel the same thing that everybody else feels. And and what I have observed is that for the the entirety of the 21st century thus far, you know, we've all sort of been dealing with a low grade kind of anxiety. And I really I really believe that. Our nation has been traumatized from 9-11 to two constant wars, a financial collapse, the, the racial divisions in this country, the, the, the rise of white nationalism. I mean, you know, and yesterday seeing a baby girl on television being traumatized because because they took her mother away or they took her father away. Excuse me. And I saw that image and that that poor little girl crying. Robbie and I both have little girls. Mm-hmm. And just thinking to myself, what 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 are we becoming? What are we becoming? That's not a political statement. That's just where the album ties back into. I mean, obviously not from that, but that particular soundbite on the news, whatever. But but it just it just feels like everything's okay on the surface, but everyone I know is a little anxious and. The things that I need most in my life is, you know, hope and connection. That's what the album's about, whether it's a song about missing a connection or making a connection and having hope. They might be corny themes, but they're important to me.
Well, you, you talk about anxiety, and I mean, it's been called the age of anxiety for all of those reasons that you're, you've kind of mentioned there. And, and I mean, the easy draw here anyway is, you know, talking about medicine and anxiety. And there you've got the first single with Miracle Pill, you know, with, um, you know, person yeah. inundated by garbage. <laughs> first off, l- let me get off this serious <laughs> subject for just a second to say that music video. How long did it take to get the paint out of your eyes? I'm still getting it out uh, of my what? ears. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, my ears. It's like every, like for days after that I would be like in the shower washing my ear and a big chunk of red paint would come out. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, what was that hiding? <laughs> it looked like a lot of fun, I I, but I, but the cleanup itself, just that yeah, I don't envy you. We left. We were like, you know, cuz like you do videos unless you're Beyonce, you don't spend any or Taylor Swift, you don't spend any money on videos anymore. So, we know these two incredibly talented guys. They have a company, and uh, one of the guys, well, both of the guys, they were involved with the Blue Man Group, and they do photography, and they make videos and commercials and things like that, and, and they're, they're so much fun to work with, and, and like, they're so creative, and um, yeah, so so we do the videos for very cheap, and, you know, and, and the one guy, is kind of, he works for us in other capacities, too. And, yeah, uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think that that's kind of cool, that, that uh, Dan, who's you know one of the two guys that John's talking about, he travels with us every day and kind of knows us. So like it's a little bit different than walking in a room with a guy that like you know you met for two hours and then you go in and try to do a video with him. Like right. there yeah. seemed to be like some kind of symmetry going on between us all because you know we spend so much time together. You know, so it was great having him involved. Yeah, it was, it was. It's really. It's just really fun to do that kind of thing. And you know, I think I think that that's sort of something important about this too. So just, I mean, you need, you still need to have fun. I mean, you know, right. even right. though we are living in the age of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, and it's a nice juxtaposition, you know, because you, you kind of tell that in the video, but it, but it is what you're singing about. And, you know, and, and drawing those with the themes that kind of weave in out of the record, you know, Miracle Pill and, and, you know, the words I have written down as inundated by garbage. And then you get money, fame and fortune. And I think and there's some of that garbage right there. Yeah. As a band for over 30 years in, I mean, how far does the instant gratification world fill from where you started because to be an artist now i mean money fame and fortune has always been a part of it and that's not exactly what i'm hitting on i think i'm skirting two different kind of subject and themes here but when you tie that back around Mm -hmm. to your own career of how you have to present yourself it it must seem worlds different you know in the instagram world than than where you started you know in, in 80 whatever but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, our first tour was in 1989. We did it in a van, and like, you used to literally, literally mail people uh, stories. Like, like someone we used to have fanzines, and like people would, or they'd call you on the phone, and you'd sit and do an interview like we're doing now. But then they would Xerox off a hundred copies and put them on mailing lists, and it was it's really interesting back then. And and yes, it's very instant now. I was doing an interview the other day, and with a, a woman in Brazil, and she was. Saying, to me why are you not on social media and i'm like because i always get in trouble when i am on social media <laughs> so i can't control my mouth <laughs> like when it's when it's coming out of my thumbs when the words are coming directly from my thumbs i can't control my thoughts i think i think most of the world has that problem they just don't stay off internet <laughs> yeah social media i mean you know, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. There are days. There are days where I wish I could find the plug for the internet and just accidentally <laughs> trip over it and pull it out. You know, so everybody can just 
Let's all take a deep breath and regroup here, okay? Uh, yeah. Eight chan, calm the fuck down. You know? Yeah, you know, you know what's funny? Like, like we just have this single that came out, Miracle Pill. It's been out for two weeks now, you know, three weeks, whatever it is. And like in the old world of like radio, of getting your song on the radio, of getting people to hear a song from a record that's not even out yet. It's like, you know, no one would know that song when we go play. But when we go look at our back ends and our streaming numbers, like Miracle Pill is like number eight of songs people are listening mm-hmm. to by us right now. Mm-hmm. Like like around the world. Like that is a pretty positive part of what went on with this whole thing. You know, like like you can find the the you know, the glimmers of like of like awesomeness, you know, but like they're so uh you know, well, put off by the where? But by the misuse, well, because like you can get to people right away. You know, if our band has something to say, I can reach out to three million people right right this second. Let them yeah. know that we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, like that's amazing, man. You know, the instant, you know, the ability to get directly to people who who love what you do. Like, you know, that's it's a great relationship to have with people, but it certainly does come but at a cost, though. I will say. Yeah, I mean, and and. It's interesting because everything seems a bit schizophrenic right now because because it runs contrary to what doing anything worthwhile is about because, I mean, those fundamental rules of things haven't changed where it's like, yeah, you have to be patient. You have to work your ass off. You have to be consistent. It takes a long time. Like, it took us a long time to get anything going. Man, me and Robbie were out for eight, nine years before we were anyone would even look at us. And it was like, you know, and and then once we got, once somebody finally threw us the ball and gave us a record deal, you know, we had to, you know, we did everything we could to hang on to the ball and keep running. And, uh, you know, it was like our manager, when we finally had a successful album, he he came to us and he's like, listen, guys, this is where the work starts. So keep your head down. (laughs) I remember that. I remember that so clearly. Keep your heads down and keep going. Yeah. just you know, and and here we are. It's since it's May, been decades now. Twenty, 20 <laughs> it's been twenty three years. I'm just like, I ain't let go of this ball. <laughs> well, and it just—I mean, you you do keep connecting with new generations over and over and over, and that says everything about the music that you've written. I mean, I, I think I I saw this on your own uh, the band's Facebook page and everything with Snail Mail and Soccer Mommy covering Iris, you know, and, and here you have two very yeah. young artists. I mean, that's that's everything. Yeah, it is, man. It's, it's beautiful, man. It's I love cool. it. I love it. I mean, I, I feel, like, very, very grateful that, like, I don't know how I did it, but I wrote a few songs that people still relate to. And that's, like, that's awesome. That's That makes me feel better than anything else, you know? And I try to still relate to people. I mean, it's like, like this album... Maybe not intentionally, but somehow wound up being like just, you know, at the end of it, when I looked at all the material, I said, wow, there's definitely some sort of a, a, a loose thematic premise. Um, you know, it's not a concept record, but but it does seem to be about hope and connections, various stages of of all that kind of thing, you know, because I feel these things myself. I feel like I feel there's days where I feel like, man, if I could just take a pill and be everything I wanted to be, you know, <laughs> or whatever, or, you know, and I think that, I think that social media and the internet and things like that are very much like people's quick fix, their miracle pill, but yeah. it doesn't work. And the answer to, to, you know, miracle pill is no, there isn't one. <laughs> there is there isn't one. Keep your head down and keep going. I, I was thinking back to you know one of your other songs with uh, 
it, well, even just the two words, big machine, you know, and, and thinking that, mm-hmm. you know, through the eras when we're faced with, in one way, it's the same things over and over. It's just, you know, a different name that's that's sort of insinuating it. You know, the technology that we were afraid of in the late 90s and versus, you know, the social media that I, I too, wish I've had the same thing. I wish I could find the, the, the cord around here just to hit the unplugged <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But, uh you know, and and how often we're we're faced with that moment of just breathe deep and find that connection with another person, and and how that could change. And you know, it's and here we are again, though somehow. And um, but it's made for a good record. <laughs> yeah, good. thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know what I was exactly trying to get at there, but uh, there, there's some kind of finality to it. <laughs> uh, and, it and you know, while I'm looking at the the track list, I also want to just to quickly compliment a, a song called "Over You." I, I think I keep kind of myself gravitating toward that one uh, a, a little bit every time so just you know compliments there as well thank you yeah no i like that song i was sort of like when when we wrote that i was like uh <laughs> i was like wow it sounds like a crosby stills and nash song you know something something like that and I was, it was just you know well, it's definitely got a cool sound to it. I appreciate that. Gents, Thanks. it has been a, an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Congrats on Miracle Pill. And I'll mention again, November 12th, uh, right here next door to the station at the uh, Louisville Palace. Uh, really looking forward to catching the show and uh, and for the release of this album. Well, if you want to come to the show, I know a guy who can get you tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we know a couple guys. I'm going to use that connection. I'm going to use that cheap, connection. Cheap tickets. Cheap, cheap tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I will see you then. Uh, thanks for the talk, and congrats. Cool. All right, thank you. Johnny, Robbie, the Goo Goo Dolls, a big thanks to them both. The new record is called Miracle Pill. Hey, before you get out of here, I hope you've subscribed to the series. If you haven't, now is a great time to do so. If you have, you've probably already hit stop as soon as you hear me do this wrap-up speech because you know it so well. Uh, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. Grab your favorite listening device. Type Kyle Meredith with wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And that includes iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every single other place else out there in the World Wide Web, which I've noticed includes uh, NPR and iHeart as well. You can also ask your smart speaker. You say, hey, play the Kyle Meredith with podcast. They are pretty intelligent. After that, head to WFPK. Org. That's where uh, I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour-long show where I premiere brand new songs. We do some anniversary celebrations. You'll get music news and clips from these interviews as well. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.